the older I get, the more tolerant I am in some ways of uh, tacky, schmaltzy ways of expressing love. I, I used to find, for instance, the hymn Flowers of the Fairs, the, the, uh, the Queen of the May, famously sung by Canon Sidney McCune, uh, a bit sugary, a bit too much, uh, a bit over the top. But as I get older, I, I just feel love is love and it'll be expressed in so many different ways. I think Evelyn Waugh used to remind people who complained about, you know, little plastic Vaticans that lit up and a little Pope came out and, and blessed you and went back in or something to the tune of Faith of Our Fathers or something. And, and people would be giving out about this tacky garbage and, and Waugh used to remind them, and Waugh was, he had a savage aesthetic, but he used to remind them the faith was universal. Some people liked that kind of thing. They just liked it, you know, did them good. And so I know I enjoy Flowers of the Fairest, Blossoms the Rarest, the Queen of the May. What a beautiful way to talk to a woman. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. My name is Father Brendan Kilcoyne. I'm coming to you from Athen Rye, County Galway, courtesy of Immaculata Productions. The usual drill. Subscribe button. Patreon. And while I'm talking about Patreon, could I just mention how grateful we are to the munificent dudes who have already shown up on Patreon and have been more than generous to us. Well done and thank you. And please God there'll be more. Okay? I, I, I don't I don't want to come across as 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 crassly materialistic. I just love money. The topic of Our Lady is one of the ones priests are customarily terrified to preach on. The reason being is that it's absolutely central and such sermons are make or break. If a Catholic priest can't preach on Our Lady, he's in bother. You know, it's not as hard as the Trinity. She's not as tough as the Trinity. The Trinity is the Trinity is where you really cut your teeth. But Our Lady's Our Lady's a huge. It's a huge area. Insofar as it's respectful to talk ab about her, because this girl, this girl, mind you, this Jewish girl, this one Jewish girl, Mariam. She's. She's the light of our lives. Now you can say back to me, oh, that's typical Catholic superstition. To which I answer, clutching my gaudy image and strong drink in each hand, leave me alone, I'm happy. We Catholics, you know, we cannot get over our love for her. We can't get past her. We're in love with Mary. We had an old professor in Maynooth, uh, oh, great guy, science, retired scientist, uh, Dominican friar, wonderful man. But he, he, it was a standing joke in the college that no matter what the feast, he would always preach on Our Lady, no matter what the feast. So the college gathered expectantly on one, one day to hear him preach on the feast of Christ the King. And everybody was, was quietly uh, amused by this because how could he possibly preach on Our Lady on, on this feast. And so he begins, my dear students, what a wonderful joy it is to be here with you on the feast of our Lord Jesus Christ, Universal King. 
And what is a king, boys? What is a king without a queen? And he was off. We got the whole sermon on Our Lady. I don't think he mentioned Our Lord Jesus Christ once in the remainder of the sermon. Are there excesses in Catholic devotion to Our Lady? Of course, Mariolatry, as it's formerly called, is a problem. It can be a problem, sure. It can be a problem. It's just one of the many problems the Church has. Believe me, you get past that one, you're only getting started. But yes, it's a problem. And yet we love her. Hopelessly. All the beautiful names we have for her. Tower of Ivory, House of Gold, Mystical Rose. Oh, wonderful. Because this amazing girl this slip of a girl whose life is almost destroyed by the touch of God which is which is a, a, a terrible beauty in anyone's life she becomes pregnant during betrothal to as everyone thought another man she's betrothed to Joseph a betrothal was a serious matter in Jewish law. It practically had the force of marriage. She was in danger of her life, let alone her reputation, and any possible future marriage prospects. And he being an honourable man, we're told, righteous man, he was going to divorce her informally since she had obviously betrayed him and then he has the mystical dream and he's told you don't need to worry about her marry her marry this girl Joseph she's the one for you but as in her has come from the Holy Spirit you have a great task She's one. If you want to see a really lovely depiction of her, go to Pasolini's The Gospel According to St. Matthew, where she is depicted beautifully. She's absolutely wonderful. She has a face like, oh, it's like something off the old icons. This silent girl pondering in her heart. The Theotokos, as the Greeks call her. The God vessel. The living tabernacle. The God bearer. You're going, you're going to look at Mary. You're going to look at the cult of Mary in the Catholic Church. And you're going to tell me that my church, my religion is anti-woman. You don't know what you're talking about. The church is my mother. Mary is my mother. If, we, if we're so well stocked with mothers, we can hardly be anti-woman. Get to know her. Get to know her. She won't lead you astray. Why do we fly to her patronage, as one of our famous Marian prayers has it? It was an, incidentally a prayer that the Irish monks used to love and repeat often. Subtum, they called it. They called it the subtum, because the first line in Latin was subtum presidium. Under your protection or patronage. She is the gateway to Christ. She is the easiest way to approach him. She is the surest and most efficacious way to paraphrase St. Louis-Marie de Montfort. 
let me put it this way, an infallible pathway to Jesus Christ and to all the mysteries of God and to the love of God for you. She's the glory of our race. Even more so in a, in a particular way and all right, the trad cats now are getting ready to pile up the, the brushwood and set fire to it. So calm down, don't burn me yet. Okay, now I know I'm a bog standard theologian, but you know, just bogs are interesting places, so just put up with it. You see, the reason we can feel that little bit closer to her at the beginning, don't be scandalized, is because both her parents were human. And we feel that as bad as we are, grace builds on nature. And human nature is capable of wonders on its own. It just will always fail without grace. She was the best of what we have ever produced. In that sense. Okay, now, all right, I know a theologian will, all right, not call me a heretic, but maybe raise an eyebrow and say, steady on there, Father, you know. He's up there a bit. You're, you're getting into deep water. You, you mightn't be able to swim in it. Fine. I'm just... All I'm trying to explain is why we've always found it to go easier to go to her. Look, look, what I'm, what I'm saying to you is you need to go easier on yourself, your flesh and blood. Sometimes it's just easier to go to Mammy. It's easier to go to your mother. You know? Particularly, I think, for... I think for those of us of a certain generation where, let's say, mothers and fathers have very traditional roles. Now, I think maybe we've made a mistake in despising those roles. OK, but I'm just allowing for the fact that there may be a bit of generational uh, bias there. It's just often easier to talk to her. I'm, I'm not. I, that's our human weakness. But I suppose I would see Mary's role in our lives as an instance of the tremendous charity of God, of his great kindness and love for us, of the way he goes to meet us in the incarnation. He gives us our Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect man. But he also gives us his mother and his spiritual father on earth, Joseph, and he gives us them to inspire us. And of the two, Mary is the preeminent. Because she's the God vessel. Okay, I don't know how to say this without getting burned at the stake by the, by the secular inquisition. For us Catholics, right? For us Catholics. And I know that's enough to make you throw up straight away. But for us Catholics, we see the bearing of children as being just one of the most beautiful things that can happen in life. The very means by which life is passed on, which I think is uncontroversial. And here I'm coming to controversy. We see that as the most magnificent thing that a woman can do, no matter what her other accomplishments. 
it doesn't matter that some women may not do it. That's not the point. The point is that they were they're willing to do it, that they could do it, that it is a part of womanhood. And that's a problem with the culture we're in. And it's something we can never give in to. A, a Jewish girl, a young Jewish girl, was the gateway into the flesh and life for God. Motherhood is taken, which was already hugely important, purely on a human level, and it is raised to the divine, to the spiritual. You're crazy if you don't cash in on this. Why deal with the old fella? Especially with the humour he can be in. All right, I know that's a problematic attitude to God. Don't start on me, okay? I have my issues. She'll stick up for you. She'll always be there for you. Don't cheat yourself of this. Don't cheat yourself of this. Now, our Protestant brothers and sisters have quite rightly been hard on us over time in terms of how sloppy we can be about this. And we've been lazy about it. Now, the church has not been. The church is careful and prudent about it. But we haven't always been good at putting that into practice on the ground. And you can take it too far. I admit that. You know, where Mary comes to to, to dominate in a way that, that really Mary would would be horrified at and probably is horrified at. Look, I'm I'm going to bring this to a close. Who was it that said, of Mary, there is never enough? Some saint said that. I'll have that for you in the next one. Of Mary, there's never enough. Never enough. You can't exhaust this topic. But do you want me to leave you? Well, I suppose it's a rhetorical question, isn't it? Because I'm going to inflict it on you anyway. I'm going to leave you with the perfect visual image of this, the icon of this, that explains the position of Mary to you. And that's the apparition at Knock. Everyone forgets, Knock is not primarily a Marian shrine. Knock is primarily a Eucharistic shrine. The lamb on the altar is central to the vision. To the left, were the three figures. And, and if you go to the, to the apparition chapel in Knock, those beautiful sculptures in, I think it's Carrara marble, are arranged in exactly the places which the witnesses described. You go and see it. Mary's there on one side, with Joseph and John on either side of her. But she is leading people with the orans, the praying position of her hands, to God. And she is as, as it were, as the Queen Mother to one side of the, of the throne, which is the altar, on which is the Lamb and the cross. Go to knock. Go to knock. I've said this before. A, a, a priest friend of mine said, you know, you're tripping over the Irish in every shrine in the world. You don't see them in knock. Now, that's not entirely fair, but there is a point in it. Go to Knock. Go and see the Blessed Sacrament Chapel. And by the way, if I, my uh, uh, co-diocesan and co-parishioner, Father Richard Gibbons, done amazing work in Knock. Go to Knock. 
Go to the Operation Chapel, look in and see those wonderful statues. Mary has a tremendous role in your life, if only you will let her in. Let her be your teacher. Come to her school and learn from her the ways of her son, Jesus Christ. God bless you. God keep you. Dear is God and Mary with you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.